Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we are here to talk about how to 3x, can't give up six, 3x your response rates with these simple follow-up framework that we're going to break down for you. As always, I love to know where are you guys tuning in from? Go ahead and throw it in the chat. I love to see some of these. We're usually worldwide. Now, please switch your chat over to everyone. So do me a favor, click that blue bubble in your chat and switch it over to everyone. So that way we can actually see what you are writing. Well, I'm already seeing people just pour in here. We have Ash from India. Welcome. We have uh, Guy here from North Carolina. Welcome, Guy. And lastly, we have Joe from Town, USA. What a town name. That is a good one. <laughs> so what are we going to be talking about today? And before we do, I want to introduce my speaker because she is a phenomenal salesperson. We have Charlotte Lloyd here. She's a sales director and in, from Investment Monitor. Welcome, Charlotte. Thanks for having me, Adrian. It's great to be here. Of course. Now, I got a quick question for you. What do you think most reps, well, really, what do you think most reps are missing when it comes to follow-up? Why, why is it so important? So I think a lot of reps, I think generally fear rejection, right? I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, is you, reps can be lazy, right? You want to be able to do something quickly and, you know, you have to use your creativity, use your brain. Um, and I think that's another reason why, you know, reps, we expect you know, we write a really good first email or, you know, we, we expect a reply straight away. So, yeah, I think right. they're the two reasons that. I, I can totally resonate with that. And this is usually or later in the show, but I want to know from everyone in our audience, put a one in the chat if you have felt lazy when conducting sales. I know I've been there and put a two if you're like, no, I'm always on game, never lazy, always on <laughs> I'm already seeing tons of ones, so people <laughs> definitely resonate with it. We got some twos too, you know, good good for you guys. So before we get into it, if you guys want to check out our upcoming daily shows, yes, we do this daily. You can also grab additional resources and tactics from over 100 top sales professionals. Go ahead and scan this QR code or visit us at sellbetter.xyz. Now, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So special shout out to Zoom Info. If you don't know who they are, be sure to check them out. And of course, we have our drop of the day. Today, we have the free cold outreach playbook. We're going to go ahead and drop the link in the chat. Be sure to check it out. It's going to be a step-by-step -step process to converting those cold prospects into meetings booked. No better way to do it. So be sure to click that link. Now, what are we talking about today? Before I get into that, though, I want to know who is in the room. This is so important, guys. It helps tailor our conversations. If I see there's SDRs, SDR questions. If I see there's a lot of senior leadership, I'm going to be like, hey, Charlotte, what can senior leadership do to make sure their reps are actually following up? So be sure to fill this out. It helps guide the conversation. Now, we are going to be speaking on how to change your mindset when it comes to follow up. I know it can be difficult sometimes. I'm going to show you guys how to make it easy. 
the multi-channel for follow-up that's actually going to help you guys convert your prospects. And lastly, how to change your messaging to be more focused on problem solving as opposed to, hey, did you see my message? We're going to make sure that that <laughs> happen and actually go to the core of solving their problem. Now, I'm already seeing here, Charlotte, there are tons of AEs, even 9% senior leadership. Does that surprise you at all? Wow. So, um, no, not at all. I think it's great that some senior leaders have joined. I know it's only 9%, but I think it's really important that you know they realize that a team needs to be following up and they need to have a strategy. Uh, you know, because this is where we're going to show you some stats in a moment, um, which are quite shocking. So I'm um, glad that they could be here too and salute to all the AEs in the room too. All right. And of course, can't forget about our SDRs. Welcome, guys. You guys are 43%, 43%. Ah. Amazing. So love to have you all here. This is going to be very valuable for you all. So let's get right into it. You said we had a shocking statistic and here it is. 44% of salespeople give up after one follow-up attempt. I don't know about you, but this is shocking information. Why do you think this is, Charlotte? So, yeah, it is really shocking. Um, again, I think, you know, going back to what I said earlier, there's this lack of creativity and this sort of laziness that a lot of reps think, well, you know, I've contacted them once, I've contacted them twice. I don't want to be seen as a pest, right? That's another thing. I don't want to be seen as somebody that's this awful salesperson that's sending these awful messages. <laughs> so um, I think that's, you know, the, 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 there's some of the key reasons. The other thing is rejection, fear. So, you know, we follow up again. They're going to say no, or they're not going to respond. They're going to ghost us. We don't want to be ghosted, right? Um, this happens when, you know, if you're dating, the same kind of thing. So, um, <laughs> you don't want to be ghosted. We, I think reps as well get distracted by new leaps. So, you know, they've followed up once, they've followed up twice, and, you know, they've got a whole new set of leads to go through. And sometimes they just neglect it. They also don't have a system. So I don't know if a lot of reps here might be automating their follow-up. I don't automate any of my follow-up, but I have a system in place, which means that I'm always approaching the follow-up um, you know, in a different way. So I'm thinking about it differently. I'm not just thinking, oh, this is a follow-up. I have to do it. So, you know, it's a mindset shift. It's a mentality thing. Um, as soon as you, you know, shift your mentality, that's when you're going to see a difference. Okay. Now I'm seeing Steve here in the chat say 44% bail rate after one call is inexperienced, lack of coaching and accountability. Now, do you think all of this is true or could it also be a fear problem? Yeah, I think there's partly part truth in that. There's a lack of coaching. Um, you know, reps get stuck in their ways. They they do one thing. Uh, you know, they follow up in a certain way. It seems to work. It doesn't work two weeks later, but they keep doing it, keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. Um, so yeah. And I also think again, you know, it ties into that whole rejection piece. And that's a lot bigger than than we actually care to admit, right? Mm. We don't want to admit as salespeople that we're afraid of the no. But really our job, you know, before we sell is to get to the truth. And we need to come at it from a problem solving perspective, right? We're confident in our service, we're confident in our solution. There's no reason that we're gonna be a pest in our follow-up because we know that we're gonna be we're helping our prospects. We wanna take we wanna solve their problems. So, you know, we'll take it to that next level. All right. Now 
we did mention that we want to make sure that we focus on problem solving to show that we're providing value. Helps us get over that mental hump. One of the best ways I got over the fear of rejection was just making cold calls. After 125 calls, you get no 100 times, you become like a hard shell (laughs) against the nose and it becomes easy to take on rejection. What is another piece of advice you would give someone so that they can change their their mindset when it comes to rejection? Yeah, so I think, you know, cold calling is one and it's like one of the hardest things to do. I personally like it, but I think the more that you cold call, the more that you get that no, then, you know, the easier it's going to get. I also think you need to try different things. So try sending. I know, you know, people talk about video. I think I still think video is a really underutilized channel. Um, LinkedIn as well, the approach to LinkedIn, you know, I get DMs from salespeople and they sound like emails, right? They sound like emails. So I would encourage um, reps to sort of really sort of think out the box, start doing different things, see what works, just don't get set in your ways. And that's another thing. So you're, you're more, you send a video, you're more likely to get a response if you put together a well thought out video um, you know, you're not going to feel that rejection as much as you would on a cold call. But I think, you know, doing these different things is going to help you to be able to approach your follow-up a lot better. I like that a lot. I like it. You got to spice it up and change yeah. it a little bit more. Now, I want to hear from our audience. Do you feel like you're bothering your prospect by following up? You feel like, man, I just don't want to bug them. They could be really busy or, man, I feel like if I follow up, they're definitely going to tell me, no, I'm ruining it. Just let us know. This is very common. So throw it in there. Let me know what you guys are thinking. And we have one more shocking statistic here for you all. So 92% of salespeople give up sales on the fourth call and 60% of customers say no at least four times before saying yes. So Charlotte, what do you think about this stat? Yeah, this is really telling. So we were talking about this, weren't we, Adrian? 60% of customers say no four times before saying yes, right? So there's a lot of objection handling to be done there. I mean, if you put that in, if you quantify that in terms of numbers, that's 60%, okay, 30% actually could be a yes, right? So that's three in 10 deals. And if those deals are worth anything from, say, $50,000 up to $200,000, well, that's a lot, right? When you think about that. So, you know, I think, again, it's like, it's really shocking that this is this is happening and that reps, you know, after six to eight touches, that's when you're going to see a response, right? That's the, that's the, you need to contact somebody six to eight times. The more clever you are about it, the more thoughtful you are about it, then the more likely you're going to get a response. And in, in my like t- two decades of selling, I've never had anybody, the worst response I got was unsubscribe or remove me from your list, right? Or I get told to get lost on a cold call, but that's like a first time call. But on a follow-up, it's usually unsubscribe or remove from your list if they're going to say no. I love that. And that's a really good way to frame your thinking. What's the worst thing that could happen? Literally. Yeah. I, I've been cursed out on the phone before and, and given some chosen words. But <laughs> at the end of the day, that is the worst thing that can happen. And I move on to the next one, which could be a yes and make me yeah. feel so much better. And the feeling is unlike any other. Exactly. And, you know, if you've done the follow-up correctly, your prospect is going to respond with, you know, I've, I've had so many of these emails. Thank you, Charlotte, for your persistence. Thank you for your professional persistence. And um, thank you for not giving up on us, right? That's what they're going to say. 
most of the time. Uh, definitely. I like that a lot. The, you know, thank you because I'm forgetful, actually. <laughs> so it's <laughs> great to hear. Now, I know that you had a fantastic framework for following up and I want to show it to everyone. But before we do, I want to show the results of this question that we asked. So we said, do you feel like you're bothering your prospect by following up? And 59% of them said sometimes, 14% said yes, and 27% said no, not at all. Well, I think all those sometimes got to turn into a no all the time. You're never being a bother. You're only being a value. You're providing value. You're looking to see if they actually need what you have, you know, yeah. and there's no need to even feel bad about that. That is a great thing. Exactly. So let's talk about this follow-up framework. What is it? How can you break this down for us? Yeah. So day one, some of you are probably already doing this already. Are you doing the triple touch? Um, so you might want to send, so I typically send a cold email in the morning because most of my prospects are, are based in North America and I'm based in Europe. So um, send them a cold email in the morning, usually at like 5am and then I will cold call them in the afternoon. Now, usually, you know, if they pick up and I see that they've read the emails, so I'll go to the ones that have opened the email first. I'll say, thank you for sending the email. I got your email. I haven't read it yet. I've got your email. So that's already something really good. I'm not a pest. I'm just doing my job and I'm doing my job and I'm putting a bit of effort into it and thought, right? <laughs> not just doing it like a robot. And um, look at their profile on LinkedIn. If they're active, right? So the majority of the prospects that I outreach to are not active on LinkedIn at all, right? Their LinkedIn is a great view. I haven't been on for the last 30 or 90 days. So what I'll do in that case, I'll usually send them a connection request and I'll usually, again, if they're, if they're not so active, I might put a little note in there, um, send a blank one. I know a lot of people are saying blank ones get accepted quicker, but I don't know when they're going to check their LinkedIn. Mm. So I would do this on day one if they're not active, but a profile view is enough. Nothing on day two, <laughs> unless they respond. Day three, so I'll follow up again with an email. And as a subject line, again, it depends. If it depends on the on the industry that I'm talking to, I might put the word thoughts, but I think thoughts is very overused now. Um, it's getting in spam filters. So I might put something else like, you know, ideas, for example. I'll avoid using your in the subject line as well or their name or anything like that. Then I'll call them again. So They've had a call for me on day one. If they didn't pick up, I would have left a voicemail. And then I'll give them a ghost call on day three. So I'm not going to leave a voicemail because that's maybe just a bit too much. LinkedIn request, uh, connection request, if I haven't sent one, so I had the profile view on day one, send the, the connection request on day three. North, so day four, I'm going to cold call them again, right? I'm going to cold call them again. And typically... Again, I'm not going to leave a message this time. I'm going to wait a bit later. They'll have an idea now of who you already are, right? They will may recognize your number. They may have gone on the LinkedIn, accepted the connection request. If they do accept your connection request, I don't want you to reply with, thanks for accepting my request. Leave a voice note. Really important. You've got 50 seconds to leave one voice note. You don't need to leave a long voice note. Say, thanks for accepting my connection request, right? Thanks for accepting. Um, you were at a recent event. If they were at a recent event, they must have done something. You were at a recent event. Um, 
I saw that you were, I saw your post about um, about that recent event or something that they posted about, maybe they had a new product launch. How did it go? That's what you're going to say. You're going you're gonna to start a conversation. You're going to be human, right? You're not going to mention anything about your solution. You're just going to get a conversation going, right? So that they, you know, that, that feel good factor, like you would if you're on a date. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot. And what about this final day eight? Uh, you send the voice message. You like the videos as well. You were telling me you saw some success on that. Can you explain it to me? Yeah. So on, I would normally leave the video to day eight. And typically there's like a 25% response rate. These were the latest stats. So I was doing that and, you know, it's pretty good. But lately, last week, I sent a video on day five and I got a 70% open rate, right? Wow. And then two of those replied already saying, thank you very much for sending the video. It was very thoughtful. So I did a video, went onto Vidyard, went onto their LinkedIn, looked at a recent post, um, mentioned that, and then sort of talked about what we'd done with a similar client to them, sort of a success story. So I don't... Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I think you've got to be different. It's like, why wait to day eight when you can send a video on day five? Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. It really catches their attention. It shows that you're trying to get, you know, them to reply and you care about them. You want them to reply. You know, you're putting in all this yeah. effort, voice notes, messages, video, you're hitting all the angles. So I want to hear from my audience, throw it in the chat. What has been the most successful form of follow-up for you? Has it been a phone call, an email, maybe a LinkedIn voice note? video just put it in let me see some of these would love to know maybe there's email i'm seeing just one email beth uh, that's great to see you know a lot of people don't know about this the voice note when you're leaving one how do you do it charlotte uh a lot of people don't know this feature exists in linkedin so if i'm if i'm replying to a voice note or if i'm actually leaving a, a cold voice note uh a cold voice note on linkedin okay so i would just say hi um, I, I would keep it really short. Um, are we doing this early in the, what, what day are we doing this on? You didn't tell Very me. Very good question. So let's <laughs> say day five and you're like, I need to send this, this voicemail real quick. What does that sound like? Yeah. So on day five, I'd say, look, hi, Adrian, um, send you, a, send you some notes on email, called you a couple of times, um, thought you might like to see. And then you might want to send something. So, so you might want to include something at this point, like a report or a piece of analysis that's useful. But again, you're not asking for the meeting at this point. You must not ask for the meeting when you leave your first voice note or you're leaving like a first touch on LinkedIn. So I would sort of, you know, now you're sending something that's really going to be useful. I see that you are, um, you know, you're working in the aerospace sector. We put together a report of all the aerospace investment, which companies are expanding and growing um across the us i thought this might be useful for you so all of you have got something that you can send that's data rich or some kind of analysis that's great and you know this brings us to our next point here which is don't be boring just use your brain <laughs> use your brain you said this on the pre-call and i love it you know what do you mean by it how can people use their brain more effectively when it comes to follow-up this is my tagline yeah so I think, you know, prospecting's hard, right? It is hard. It's not easy. And as salespeople, we're, we're, you know, structuring our day. We're time blocking for cold calling. We're time blocking for sending cold emails. We're time blocking for demos. We've got big proposals to push through. Um, it's very easy to, to just neglect your follow-up, right? It is very easy to neglect your follow-up. So, you know, use your brain. Um, 
Another another thing that that I'm trying out right now is taking a picture of say myself or you know the, the something that that is going to be fun that they're going to like that maybe I'm next to their office or you know I'm not going to obviously rock up at their office and say hey I want to have a meeting with you but I might take a photo and say look this is me you know near your office here's your brand name or find something with their brand name on or find I don't know you maybe read a report. Um, about them, take a picture of that, send it in an email, um, make a comment about it. What did you? What were the key takeaways from that for you? So it's just taking it to that next level. Like using photos, I think is some, something that you know I get prospected every day, and I don't see anybody doing this. You know, I like that. I like that. So think outside the box. You know, don't just send generic. You know, I'm seeing here in the chat that people are saying that email has worked out for them, which is great to see. You know, voicemails, which after they send an email, which was very important. And uh, lastly, I'm getting some here that LinkedIn did help with the connections. Now, for those of you who don't know how to send a voicemail, you have to do it on the mobile phone app on LinkedIn. When you go to DM someone on the right side, there's going to be a little microphone. There you can record your voice and send them a voice note, voice message, voice note, all the same. And basically it's way more personable, which brings it is. And I always get like a usually of a quick reply when I leave a voice note. Um, and again, if I'm prospecting into a traditional industry where, you know, the person isn't very active on LinkedIn, I might even get a reply. So I didn't know you could send a voice note. Yeah. Still. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're still at some at this point with some people on LinkedIn. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of voice notes. They work really well. Love it. Makes a big difference. Now I want to hear from you all. How many steps are your sales cadences? Are they one to five steps, six to 10, 11 to 15 or 16 plus steps? Now, Charlotte, in your experience, is there a magical number for these cadences? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I'm all I'm a fan of not giving up too easily. I would usually be getting a reply around day eight to ten, but I would still carry. You know, some are twenty five days long, sixteen plus, eleven to fifteen is ideal. You know, I go up to eighteen, and um, and then if I'm really not getting any responses, you know, you might it might be something that you want to see work out with your marketing team. You know, put them into a nurture sequence. Um, after that, so. For me, 11 to 15 is is pretty much ideal. Okay. Now, when it comes to follow-up, I know you had these three Ps. Can you tell me more about that? What are these? So the three Ps. So plan, basically. Plan your follow-up. And you can do this sort of before you start your day or if you want to do it at the weekend. Sometimes I do a lot of this at the weekend because I'm not, you know, thinking about having to cold call or respond to emails. Plan your follow-up. So in your calendar, if you're going, you know, 18 days or if you're going 11 days, I want you to put in each activity that you're going to do. So day one could be May 8th, day one. This is what I'm going to do, right? So we, we outlined that on the previous slides. And then day three, so you've got that reminder in your calendar, send yourself an email so that you get a notification as well. Hold yourself accountable. If you're a CRO, if you're managing a team, hold the whole team accountable. Make sure that you, you've got it in your calendars, what you're going to do. So plan that follow-up. Think about what you're going to write at each and what you're going to say at sort of each stage. It's much better when you do this because then 
you're not sort of thinking um, in the moment spontaneous spontaneity is great but when you're doing follow-up you need to have a system you need to know what you're going to say and when you're going to do it and that's the big that's the key i think that's where a lot of reps fall down is that you know they don't do that persistence so this is the thing you can be persistent you can be professionally persistent without being a pest right as long as you're going about your um follow-up in the right way and you're sending unique messages and you're adding value at each of those touches, then you're being professionally persistent, right? You're being professionally persistent, you're bringing value. Nobody's going to tell you to get lost. <laughs> they might on a cold call, but even even on cold calls, um, you know, it's it's one of those sort of happen every, could happen every day, but you know, there's, they're few and far between. Personalize. So I'm going to say hyper-personalize now because we're overusing this word personalization, right? It's like we need to hyper-personalize. So, you know, look on their socials. If you're using a tool like Lavender, you'll see the socials will come up as you start to write an email. And really sort of think about, you know, what's important to them. Do they like football? You call it soccer. Um, can you make, you know, can you really personalize, hyper-personalize that, that sort of connection request or voice note? And say, hey, I see that you are a fan of European soccer or European football and mention the team if you found out these details. So just be a bit, go about this like a detective, right? So you, you're a detective. You need to find all this out so that you can then, you know, get that, book that meeting. Fantastic. Now, do you find that with the follow-up, uh, is incorporating these three Ps, your cadence actually needs to be long enough to allow this to be included? Because I'm seeing in the question we asked or prior about 47% of our audience has their cadences be between six to 10 steps. Now, do you think that's enough to be able to incorporate all the aspects of the three Ps? Yeah, that's no, a great question. And um, my answer is no. Uh, I really think, you know, there's, there's value going from 11 to 15 steps. Again, it's that... Um, you know, there's different ways that you can show value, right? If you're sending a report or some kind of analysis, um, you don't have to keep doing that. Maybe send a really good customer story. You know, what? how did you solve the problem for a customer? From what angle did you solve that problem? Was there another customer that you worked with that, you know, you solved a different problem for them? You know, how does that tailor towards your solution? So you can be creative um, in, in what you, you know, and how you follow up over a longer sequence. I think, again, it's that, you know, a lot of reps think I'm being a pest. Um, they're not interested, so they're just gonna. I'm just gonna carry on letting them ghost me. That's not okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you you mentioned some good points there, and I think you can also incorporate this with the ACE system, which we wanted to break down. Can you tell me more about this? So the ACE system is adapt or be adaptable. So again coming at this from a follow-up from a multi-channel perspective. I saw a few comments, people like saying, oh, I don't get a good response with video and, you know, try sending your video. First off, don't send it on email or well, do send it on email, but don't rely on sending it on email. Drop the video on LinkedIn in a DM if they've accepted your connection request. You're already going to respond to that connection request when they accept with a voice note. So think about sending them a video on LinkedIn because it's not, you know, it's going to get through. There's no spam filters, right? So be adaptable. Are they on Twitter? A lot of my prospects are on Twitter or they're in the location they work for is on Twitter. 
Um, so, so just be open to being really multi-channel. I think we can often over-rely with our follow-up on cold calling or cold emailing. Um, so that's things that adapt. The next is to so the C, commit. Commit with consideration. So respect your prospect's time and boundaries, okay? Um, I think someone mentioned like, oh, you, isn't it too aggressive, the follow-up? I don't think it's too aggressive. I think when you, you can sound aggressive when you're following up. You can sound like every other salesperson by saying, I just want to bump this email to the top of your inbox. I'm just following up. I just want to, you know, and I, I get a lot of LinkedIn messages like this where it's like, I saw your, saw your comment on Samantha McKenna's post or Salman's post and, you know, the sales leaders. And, and then they go straight into a product pitch, like connect and pitch. So just a big no-no. Um, and I, yeah, I still see that happening. So just, just be very respectful of prospects time and boundaries and you know if you can really plan your follow-up before you do it as we said on that so the previous slide then you know you're onto a winner e is for engage right through hyper personalization so we talked about this just now and um, you know if they're using a channel if they're not on linkedin so much which channel are they using okay yeah they might be on facebook i don't think anybody's on facebook <laughs> they might be on tiktok but I don't think there's anything wrong with you going to them on the channel that they're on, right? So if they're more on Twitter, set up a Twitter account. Not many people use Twitter. It's even more underutilized than LinkedIn. But if your prospect is on there and they're using it, then you know don't feel that you need to hold back um, and reaching them out, reaching them there. Uh, enrich as well every interaction. So again, send them something that's specific. Is there any data? Are they looking at a specific industry? Are they targeting maybe um, you know, a certain sector like automotive? Um, are they targeting EV batteries? You know, the company I work for, we put together these kind of reports. We look at what's going on in the sector. Um, energy, for example, can you send something that's really specific that like maybe looking at the trends for the next quarter? We're in a we're in a downturn, right? We're not in an official recession yet, but we all we're pretty much in a downturn. So Every every prospect that you reach out to needs to have something that's that's helpful, right? They need to they, 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 there's this sort of climate now of fear in the downturn. They're risk averse, so send them something that's going to be really helpful to them. And maybe they've got a meeting and they need to present some stats, or you know, send them a report that that's going to open their eyes. Love that, and I think that's so powerful. Where you're able to provide that value we were talking about, which is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but ultimately, it's does my prospect or can they find this helpful? Right? Can this actually be very helpful to them? And I'm seeing people here in the chat. They're asking, you know, where can I find this? Uh, like, how can I find ways to engage my prospect better? And even I saw a really good question here in the chat from Ken, and he's like, at what point does personalization become a little too creepy, right? What? How can we find that perfect balance? Now, when it comes to this, you just got to know you can't be including things that go a little bit overboard, right? You, you want to know the perfect balance and cre basically create a boundary where you're just showing value. It has to relate to the deal. You don't want it to relate too much about something too personal about them, right? It, yeah. it has to relate about the value and the deal. So as long as you keep it on those tracks, they'll be okay. And I actually want to hear from my audience, what is your favorite area to do research? Go ahead and throw it in the chat. 
because I've seen some people recommending some other areas that I think is fantastic. Is it LinkedIn? Do you like company reports? Uh, maybe you like 10Ks. You know, we talked about those in the yeah. past. Let me know, throw them in the chat. So when it comes to following up, how do you master this process? Charlotte, you had this great breakdown. You well, you had to build trust and relationships. Can you go over these a bit for me? Yeah. So, I mean, that's building trust and relationships is what we do with salespeople, right? That's our primary role. Um, so, you know, again, coming at your follow-up, but using a, a method, using the ACE system, using the three Ps, making sure that you are approaching this in the right way, right? That you're not being a pest, that you're going to be creative. Um, you know, you want to be able to help your prospect. We talked about giving value, but you're going to help them. You're helping them solve a problem. Okay. The more that they, the more value that you give them, right. And this is, this is for free up to now before, before you get that, the more likely they're going to want to take a meeting with you. And if it's not right now, then it will be, you know, further down the line. Fantastic. And when you say increased conversion rates, what do you mean by that? So, Increasing conversion rates means getting, you're going to book the meeting, right? You're going to book the meeting and then how many meetings are you going to book? And um, yeah, so basically you want to make sure that, you know, the more that you build trust, the more that you show show up for your prospect from a place of actually wanting to help them and solve their problem, then the more they're going to trust you. And when they trust you, they're going to book a meeting. And then the more meetings that you book, open the the magic key to the door. <laughs> <laughs> the more conversions you get, which is great. Exactly, yeah. Now, I know you had an example for us of how you've done this effectively uh, over LinkedIn. Can you tell us more about this this experience? Yeah, so um, this was a prospect. This is a prospect of mine. Um, he, So I'd reached out to him on email, called, called him. I noticed that he, so he, he basically was named for the top 40 under 40. Um, which is like as related to the area that I work in, which is economic development. So I pitch locations. Um, he was from Arizona. He got the 40 under 40 award. So a again, a great reason to reach out. And, um, you know, when people get awards, they obviously want to, you know, they want to be congratulated. You want to appeal to that. So um, he's like, hey, you know, great connecting with you. It's like, how did it feel to win? Right? So this is something, this is a bit of a pattern interrupt, I think anyway, because most people are not ha most salespeople are not having these kind of conversations right or they're not i don't know if anyone wants to like say in the chat whether they've done this or not how did it feel to win and he's going to say well he's not going to say it was terrible right he's <laughs> he might have he said it was amazing uh, you know another another one of these um prospects of mine she she was a winner too uh, she said, oh, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it at all. So you, you're going to get that kind of response, right? This is like, how did it feel to win is like a loaded question. Did you expect to win? Okay, so that was the next question. Did you expect to win? Um, and he doesn't come back here. So I go back the next day and I'm saying, okay, you might like this report on FDI's foreign direct investment. So looking at all the companies that are growing and expanding. I know from my own personal research that he was you know, particularly focused on EV um, automotive EV vehicles. So TZMC was a recent um, project that landed in Arizona. It's a huge, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge project related to that. So to automotive. So I basically said, silly question, would it be wrong to get your opinion on this on a call, right? 
So I've shown that I've done my research. I know that this recent company expanded to Arizona and it was mega. And, you know, it was associated with um, EV batteries. So I sent them a report from last year because these reports tend to come out a little bit late, but still very relevant. Silly question. Okay. Silly question. Would it be wrong to get your opinion on this on a call? Hmm. So I want to get more insights from him on this report that I've sent him. Okay. I'm not asking for, you know, let's book. I don't say anything like let's book a meeting. Can I get your opinion? Can I get your insight? I love the way you, you phrase this. This is more like, I just want to hear from you and what you care about regarding this, this report. Yeah. And if you say silly question, or would it be a crazy idea if, you know, we had a call and I could um, learn more, you know, about what your take is on this. So by phrasing it that way, you know, the default response is going to be, well, um, you know, would it be wrong? No. So he replied to me on email and then we booked the call. Fantastic. Now, he responded to you on email. Speaking of email, uh, I know you had a great way of phrasing your subject lines. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, so subject lines. So there's lots of different subject lines that you can use. Um, it used to be popular to put the person's name, the prospect's name in the subject line, but this is sort of a bit of a no-no now. Um, I've got here your recent article, your, I mean, this, if this is hyper-personalized, then I don't mind you using the word your, tend to try and avoid it. But um, so, you know, you might want to refer to your 40 under 40 award, right? Fernando got a 40 under 40 award. The likelihood of, you know, if I send that to Adrian, he's won a 40 under 40 award, you're more, you're more likely to want to open it, right? Mm -hmm. Could be another award. Have you given up on this project? So this is something that you would use later in the cycle, right? Like you've obviously had a demo, um, you've, you've shown a proposal um, and you might, you know, not be getting an answer. This happens to me a lot because, you know, I've sold to governments for many years and they are very, very flaky despite the mutual action plans that they're given. So I might say, have you given up on this project? You're appealing to a person's ego here. Nobody wants to feel like they've given up on something, even if it's a no. So this is a great one. Number two, you know, to advance a deal gets always gets me a really high response rate. These are um, yeah, it was great seeing you at events. So a lot of my prospects go to in-person events. Um, you know, you met at the event. So it was great seeing you at the event. Maybe you didn't have a chance to have a proper catch-up or a coffee chat. Um, number four, this article reminded me of you. So that, again, is I like that because it's very sort of personal. You, it builds a bit of intrigue. This article reminded me of you. Ooh, I want to open that. Which article? Um, where was it? You know, so you're building that intrigue into your subject line. Number five, ah, it's, um, there's a lot of mixed feedback on this one. Was my outreach that bad? Or have I missed the, did I miss the mark? Have I missed the mark? I've obviously missed, seems like I missed the mark here would probably be the, the sort of um, the body of this email. That so you're putting the onus onto yourself here as a rep. You want to know, was my outreach that bad? It's almost like a bit of a joke as well, right? Um, you, you, you want them to give you feedback. You know, was this follow-up terrible? Like, to let me know, give me feedback. It's always a great way to improve your follow-up as well. Thank you for providing this information. Again, it's like, um, so this one is more... You know, you've had like a response from them before. You've had some interactions, so you might want to go back and, um, you know, it's a, 
probably one of the most boring ones out of these, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be boring, use your brain. What else can we be doing right now to help move things forward? I like that. So again, it's sort of getting right to the point in the subject line. Remember that your prospects don't want to see a wall of, you know, big, if they see a big email, they're going to look at the subject line first. They're going to see maybe one or two lines of your email. So this gets right to the point very quickly. Um, and you might not even have anything in the body of the email, right? You just need to send it. What else can we be doing right now to help move things forward? You went into hiding. Love this. <laughs> you might want to put like a ghost, a ghosting symbol, you know, it depends if you're, I'd say if you're, you know, prospecting in, into tech and SaaS, then you can do that, right? Because people are, you know, more, they use emojis more. Um, you know, I sell into more traditional industries and, you know, these are people that wear suits to go to work. They wear suits at events. So if I put a ghosting emoji, you went into hiding, it might not go down well. So you've got to think about, yeah, who are you? Who are you targeting? Like, how old are they, and what are they used to? You know, and if you see that they're not so active on social media, they probably don't get all of the sort of you know they're not posting a lot on LinkedIn. You know, I use emojis on my LinkedIn post. Then you probably don't want to use emojis. And you went into hunting. Um, <laughs> now, what I like about these is that they invoke emotion. You know, they're they're really like they're asking questions that make them think. Be like, huh, have I given up on these things? Did I go into hiding? That's funny. It makes giving brings out a humorous sense in you. You want to reply back to that, you know? So I like these a lot. They can definitely engage any type of prospect you may have. And I'm already seeing people here in the chat. They're throwing in some of their favorite ones to use. So love this, guys. Keep doing it. Want to see some more of these? Throw it in the chat. What is your favorite? Close out your file. Yeah, that's another good one. Should we close your records? Should we close your record? That's a good one. Makes you feel a bit of FOMO. You're like, no way. <laughs> what I don't want you to use is quick question or question in the subject line because that's, I mean, that's dead and buried for a long time, but I do still see it pop up. Quick question. It's never quick and it's always a sales related email. Let us see. That. So before uh, we run out of time here, Charlotte, I want to know where can the people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Charlotte Lloyd forward slash sales um i am on tiktok uh charlotte lloyd set charlotte lloyd sales tips um and they're the two sort of places that i'm on twitter as well um charlotte h for helen lloyd um but primarily i'm on linkedin and i share a post every day which is usually uh a takeaway tip for sales people so yeah find me on there be sure to give her a follow now let's do a quick q a here now let's do John here. He's asking, at what point would you say something like, sounds like timing not might not be right or seems like you might not be interested and you stop your cadence? Because we've been talking about following up a lot, but when do you stop? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, you know, if you get to like day 15 or beyond, then you obviously want to sort of, you want to be saying like, seems like you're not interested. I think that's a great way of seems like I missed the mark. Seems like you know, you're all set. You want to be asking these kind of questions later in the cadence. Um, and, you know, it's the Chris Boss, isn't it? Josh Braun seems like labeling is a great way to sort of, um, you know, to to introduce that at that point. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'd recommend doing that. Um, you know, and, you know, if you, if you know that 
after if you've been going for like 16 or more days, then, you know, you probably want to take a break. And then perhaps, you know, if you see that the prospects are opening the emails, right? If you've got the data that they're, they're picking them up, then, you know, I'd say focus on those ones primarily because those ones, you know, if they're not, if they're opening the emails, then they're, they're interested, right? Or there's something, you know, why are they opening the, so many emails that you're sending as part of your cadence? Fantastic. I love that answer. Now, uh, for these two questions here, we can answer very quickly. If someone hangs up on you, do you end the sequence? My answer, no. They no. might hang up for you for any other reason, whatever it may be. But if they haven't told you, stop contacting me. Do not stop contacting them, guys. That's all part of the game and the follow-up. And then Andre here asks, do you have more success sending videos or text on, on LinkedIn? You got to A-B test it, man. Just keep A-B doing test, yeah. what works. If it's video- I love voice notes. I really do love voice notes, um, especially perhaps not on a... You know, I, I was doing them as a first touch when they um, when they accepted my request. Well, actually, no, you, do, you can do that when they accept a request. But I think if you... Yeah. You, you, so you want to do that rather keep, than... Keep yeah. testing. Now, keep we are actually out of time here. So everyone recap... Just keep following up. You can't give up and make sure to send them what they care about and provide value. Thank you so much, Charlotte. This has been a pleasure to have you here in the conversation. And thank Thank you to everyone to engaging in the chat. And we will catch you on the next one. See you later.